Are you ready to take control of your life? Overcome the obstacles that have been holding you back. I'm Dr. D, and welcome to Quitting is Not an Option, a podcast that inspires and empowers you to reinvent your past and revolutionize your future. I know what it feels like to be held back by past failures and setbacks as I myself lost a multi-million dollar business, home, investments, and marriage due to the bad acts of a CFO. But I rose from the ashes and recreated a new life, and now I am an accomplished author, gifted speaker, consultant, and life coach. And each episode will cover tips and strategies to overcome adversity, overcome fear and feelings of failure. We also have experts and special guests who share their inspiring experiences to support you every step of the way. Together, we can help you find joy in your journey while positioning you towards success. Let's get started. In a one-world society without regards to race or nationality is where nations across the entire world would come together and merge as a single unit. Of course, that is if no one group had the mindset that they would reign supreme. That concept is not difficult to imagine, but difficult to enact because coming together without a supreme mindset would be almost impossible. While a democracy can be thought of as power of the people, is considered a way of governing which depends on the will of the people, usually this relates to voting. However, there are rules about who can vote. Many Black men in the U.S. serve the country in hopes that the country might finally treat them as Americans. Then we have the 1619 Project, an ongoing initiative from the New York Times Magazine that began in August 2019, which was the 400th anniversary of the beginning of American slavery. The aim there was to reframe the country's history by placing the consequences of slavery and the contributions of Black Americans at the very center of our national narrative. Are you aware that one in 10 Black people in the U.S. are immigrants? More than half of Black immigrants arrived in the U.S. after 2000. Africa and the Caribbean account for 88% of all Black foreign-born people, with Jamaica, Haiti, Nigeria, and Ethiopia as the top countries of origin. Also, are you aware that National Black History Month has its origins as early as 1915? And when historian and author Dr. Carter G. Woodson founded the Association of the Study of Negro Life and History, In 1926, Negro History Week began as the precursor 
to Black History Month and countries worldwide now celebrate Black History Month, a month-long celebration of the contributions that African-Americans have made to American history, culture, and society. Black History Month is an opportunity to recognize and celebrate the achievements of African-Americans and Black people who have overcome adversity and made significant contributions to the world. Also, are you aware the first HBCU is Cheney University of Pennsylvania, but now there are over 100 HBCUs. Joining me today to talk about this all-important subject on Black history is Sister Nia 2X, a Washington, D.C. native who owns an advertising and public relations company. She's a publisher and an activist. Importantly, Nia 2X has a Black history program that airs 24-7, and that's been airing since 2015. Welcome, Nia 2X. We are happy to have you prepare the Black history experience. Before we join Nia 2X for that all-important topic, I'd like to welcome the PFAM from around the world. Thank you for tuning in today. We are happy that you are part of Quitting is Not an Option. Nia 2X, why is Black history important today? Well, um, can you hear me? Am I loud and clear? Yes. Okay. Um, first and foremost, I thank God for today and all the days of our lives. And indeed, I thank you, Dr. D. Carroll, for inviting me to your program to share information about such a very, very profound subject, Black history. And you're right. We celebrate it 24-7 because of the enormous amount of information that is encompassed in this great, great experience. And let me also say, I definitely do not know it all. There's so much to learn. I learn something practically every day and all the time, but it is something worthwhile when you ask, why is it important? It's important because it lays on the foundation of truth. And truth is always important. Uh, people say black lives matter and children matter, and, and it's true. But when you talk about the truth, uh, the truth outweighs it all. The truth always matters because the truth will guide us into a world of peace, into a world of what God designed for the human being, for the universe, for the planet, truth, the principle of truth. So black history is the beginning of humanity. So when we look at humanity, we have to get into the truth of the subject in order to understand it, to appreciate it, uh, not to make it a proud and, and superior situation because it's not that at all. The truth just speaks for itself. And basically that's why 
studying, knowing, learning, and acquiring the knowledge of Black history is so important because it, it reveals so much information that just helps everyone that hears it. And, and we talk about being important today. Uh, we've been discussing this topic for years and years and years. But today, because if we go back to uh, Malcolm, if we go back to uh, Dr. King, if we go back to some of our earlier leaders, it's been important then, but all the things that they worked so hard to accomplish and the foundation that was laid out, um, here we are today still struggling. It seems like we've taken a few steps back. So the important topic, why is it important today, is what resonates in my mind, in my spirit, in my heart. Because while things have changed, we've had our first uh, African-American president of the United States of America. I mean, a lot of uh, African-Americans or Black people, people of color, have gone into uh, significant positions in our society. But we're still struggling right now with Black history. And so much so, there's so much out there that we don't even know about. Nia, tell us then, who are some figures in Black history the world should know? Well, um, when you talk about uh, President Obama being the first president, uh, being Black, that's not true. We've had six Black presidents. Prior to him, according to author J.A. Rogers, a uh, profound historian uh, that lived maybe 100 years ago, I'm not sure. But um, the struggles that we have today are imposed from a system, not uh, basically individuals, but a system of individuals that have come together to conspire to arrange, to uh, select the the opposition to revealing this profound truth. And they not only oppose this, this system of people, the system is racism, white supremacy. So it's not against a person if they're white. There were many whites in black history during the 18, 1900s, even the 17, 1600s, that did not believe in the system of oppressing people based on their nationality or their ethnicity. And they lost their lives. Some of them went to jail. These are Caucasians that did not believe that God was promoting that particular system of racism, white supremacy. And just like then, even today, the system certainly exists. Uh, the system of racism, white supremacy, opposes uh, for for many reasons. I mean, when you look at racism, it's a betrayal of humanity. It not only harms what our people have accomplished or Black people have accomplished and aided the entire universe, the world, but it also hurts other students 
if you're in the educational system from preschool to high school to college, and the school deliberately omits information or conceals educational information that would support the admiration of inventors. Uh, as your question asks, who are some of these inventors? I have a long list here. All of these inventors are Black people uh, that invented so many things, the street sweep, the uh, player piano, the doorstop, the doorknob. We know about the traffic light. And they have their names, you know, just because I'm saying it, it's always wise to research. I could make a mistake in error and not know I'm making a mistake. Uh, the bicycle frame, the eye protector, the egg beater, the train alarm, paints and stains, even the mailbox. There are so many inventions that Black people have made, but the system, not Caucasian people, a system of people that agree to the oppression and um, uh, the idea to hide these contributions, even in the educational system, is why the problem, problem prevails. If you don't know something, you know, then you're really cheated out of information that that you should know, you know, and this system simultaneously supports the superiority uh, syndrome and the inferiority syndrome. And they work very, 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 very hard to have those two principles, if you will, supremacy and inferiority become a way of life. They even um, made it law, you know, to, in the rural South, as we know, the Jim Crow, the Jim Crow laws, and they have gone through great and tremendous means to promote this false reality of white superiority and black inferiority. And again, not everyone that's white believes that, and certainly not everyone black believes that, but it's a system that is the true open enemy of uh, harmony throughout nationalities and people just loving on people because people, not looking at a skin color, not looking at a feature that God has decided. It was God who decided who you are and I am and we are. And then this system of racism, white supremacy has decided that God, we're going to, we're going to work on what you did. But God makes no mistakes. You know, um, very evil system. We all know it's a very treacherous system and it's straight from Satan himself. Anyone that promotes knowingly. Some people are passed down. If your mother and father told you at the tender age of three and five and nine and 12 and passed down things to, to their children that the children are not going to question, they're learning. So they grow up with these false 
ideals and ideas that was passed down to them. Uh, and a lot of them, when they come into contact with black people, then they start making an uh, educated opinion on their own because they see. So it's a combination of reasons of why racism and white supremacy prevails. But that's not black history. That is about 500 years, maybe four, actually 400 years of the horror of black history. Black history is an ancient history and there's more good or marvel when you talk about the pyramids and before the pyramids of the contributions made to the universe from black history. But most people think when we talk about it that it's only the 310 years chattel slavery, segregation, Jim Crow, and we kind of get stuck in there. But black history being, as I started out, the first humans on the planet proved by science, it's not a brag, it's just a fact. It's nothing to brag about, you know, it's just a fact. And when you start bragging about anything, you become the black superior person thinking we're better uh, because we're the first. And, and that's not the case at all. When God makes choices, he doesn't make mistakes. But, um, that's all very valuable information. And this is, uh, we're just going to have to have you come back because you've mentioned several things that I would like to add in at some point, but that's a topic all by itself. In particular, the one when you said there were six other uh, black presidents. And so I definitely want to hone in on that. And that's going to be a topic all by itself. But let's go back to some of the uh, black history facts. Like, for instance, there was a black Wall Street in Tulsa. Uh, the first black woman ran for president in 1972 and was almost assassinated three times. Uh, the first self-made millionaire, uh, female millionaire was a black woman. Uh, the first African-American to win an Oscar was uh, a, a female who couldn't even attend the premiere, Hattie McDaniel. Uh, in 1773, the first book of poetry was published by Phyllis Wheatley, a black woman. And so I know the list goes on and on and on, but can you share with our PFAM some other notable black history facts that may not be known by them? Yes, ma'am. Um, Ida B. Wells Barnett is a notable, bold, hard-fighting journalist in her day, activist in her day, uh, just a woman that has made tremendous contributions, bringing attention to the illegal hangings of innocent Black men who were flimsily, uh, flimsily accused of committing crimes that they didn't. They ran her out of the South. She went to Chicago and became one of the boldest journalists 
in her time. She was doing it in South in the South first, and then they came to kill her, and she was blessed to get away. As you mentioned, the father of Black Dr. Potter G. Woodson, who started, as you mentioned, uh, the Association for Negro History Life. I wrote it down so I wouldn't say it wrong. Uh, the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History in 1915, and then in 1926 in October, uh, he started Negro History Week. Negro, some people might say, because at that time, Black people had not learned uh, that Black was beautiful. Racism and white supremacy, the law certainly had it locked in that uh, our nationality was called anything other than black. Black was like a cuss word even when I was a child up until the revolution of the 1960s. There were two revolutions. One was the black power movement and the other is the civil rights movement. So those two great historians are very uh, much needed to study. And as you said, as you said, the great late uh, Honorable Shirley Chisholm Hardwick, she married twice. I finished this book uh, by the author, Dr. Willie Jacob Green Kippen, a fascinating book of her private life. Most people know of the Honorable Shirley Chisholm, as you mentioned, Dr. D., she ran a very successful presidential campaign in 1970. She was elected to Congress in 1968. But most of us didn't know her private person. And Dr. Kimmins is her godson. And according to Dr. Kimmins, Shirley uh, Chisholm asked him, Willie, he would call him, he said, if I die first, I want you to write my personal autobiography of my personal life that many people are not aware of. I certainly wasn't aware of. We know that audacious uh, public but isn't recommended reading to anyone. Also, you have the late, great Dr. Francis Cress Wellson. She left the planet in 2016, just a couple hours ago, it feels like. And she was well known as a child psychiatrist, but even more known as a teacher of what racism and white supremacy is, what it does, how it works, how it operates. And it really, really helped me balance my anger as an individual and gives me great understanding. And that's why they were your program, Dr. B. I don't have to come on and point to Caucasian people I may not know and judge that person because of their nationality. It was the great work of Dr. Francis Cress Wellsing that would live on to the end of time, helping us to understand racism, white supremacy. And of course, we have Dr. Ethan Williams. He's living today, an actor, an author, a reverend, 
always working on behalf of humanity, telling the truth. She was a good friend of the late, great Dick Gregg. I describe them as walking on one body. They were very, very, very close, uh, working as activists to bring love, peace, joy, and God's truth uh, to humanity for us to uh, get the blueprint of how to live in peace and live in harmony. And a lot of people think it's a dream. No, it's not a dream. Uh, peace will prevail. Goodness will prevail. There will be a time people come together and judge as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, not by the color of your skin, but by the content of your character. There will come a time. Uh, and it's right around the corner. It's not as far off as we could dream or think. So when you talk about... <clears throat> when you share some of your knowledge um, and, and it's amazing that you have so much knowledge about the process uh, that black people had to go through and, and still going through because you make it a point to be, uh, to, to expound on that history, to know that history, to learn and to share about it and then have a 24 seven uh, outlet where people can go in and hear. We thank you for that. So, so one may say, Nia, that you are pro-black, but does that automatically mean you are anti-other racist? That's a good question. I am honored that God blessed me on this assignment to be a pro-black activist to do all I can to help our people who are still overcoming the effects of chattel slavery, segregation, effects of accepting white supremacy and black inferiority. I, I'm helping to the best of my ability and knowledge in bringing truth, but not to oppose Anyone. Uh, I am I am like Dr. King said, if a man or a woman, regardless of their color, gender, whoever they are, knocked on my door right now. So Nia, thank you for all of this valuable information. And we applaud you for being a uh, a seeker, a reader, a um a knowledgeable person on Black history. So taking the time to do all of this, we know you are pro-Black and trying to get this history out there to Black people, but not only Black people, but the world at large. Does, does being pro-Black automatically mean you are anti-other races? That's an excellent question, Dr. Carroll, because I am definitely 100% honored and so grateful that Allah God has made me to find my purpose, which that's what Nia means in Swahili. It's one of the, it's the fifth principle of Kwanzaa, purpose. I have found 
one of my major purposes in life. And that is without apology to be profoundly black. Uh, I'm just so grateful to not only be profoundly black, but to be on the battlefield working against the opposition of suppression, omission, and all of the horrors that come uh, against what is truthful for all human beings to gain knowledge themselves, to, to find their purpose. A lot of people don't know all of their purposes. So it doesn't make me anti anyone because that would be reverse and that would be on the road of revenge. And that's a small uh, way to be when God puts his hand on you and you find your assignment. Vengeance belongs to me, says the Lord. So in being very, 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 very extremely pro-Black, and I am, it, it doesn't even weigh against anti-anything. Anti does not come up. This is a work. This is a research. This is like an occupation to do all that I can do to please God first, but to present truth and to humanity uh, of our people. And I have to work extremely harder because I'm working against the system along with thousands of others. We're working against that system of racism, white supremacy, which is lies. That we're working with truth against the lies. So whoever brings me the truth, I don't care what nationality they are, gender, the height, and, and uh, the difference from myself. If they're dealing with truth, please, let's sit down at the table and do what we have to do to present our side because Dr. Martin Luther King is correct. It is not the color of your skin. It is the content of your character, which makes all of us better human beings. God could care less about the hue and the other differences we have as human beings. He's not interested in that development. It's already developed coming out of the womb of mother. It's the character of people or the person that is developed to be a better human being. In my religion, uh, Islam, our prophet, prophet uh, Muhammad, may peace be upon him, he's Caucasian. And that is our prophet. So, no, I am not anti anyone that's that's small thinking and and it's negative and it's a complete waste of my time to attempt to judge a person based on uh, their difference from myself. So I appreciate you explaining that because that is very important. And uh, again, I cannot impress upon uh, our PFAM, the importance of having some place to go to find this information. But not only that, being a researcher and knowing truth, truth, as they say, will set you free. But that brings me near to um, Florida, which is my home state. 
born and raised there. Why do you think the governor there, Ron DeSantis, has eliminated black history? Well, there's several reasons, I think. One of them, of course, is political, following an agenda of those that voted for the former president, uh, number 45. And that president used a racial agenda and drew a crowd of voters. So I believe perhaps uh, Mr. DeSantos is trying to get that crowd to look at him. Also, there are people that are still living and their parents are seen on video. Their aunts and uncles are seen uh, and it's embarrassing. For them to be in crowds where they attack people as mobs. Uh, when you go to Chicago, Dr. King said that it was bad down south when he was marching. But he said it was nothing comparable to the city of Chicago in Illinois of the racism. Were there people out there making those comments? And when you a little girl or a little boy or the grown adult and you see your aunt or you see your uncle uh, behaving in that way, that's embarrassing. Some of them might have changed. Some of them are deceased. And I think that's another reason. But I think more or less the accomplishments that Black people have contributed to the universe itself proves that we de deserve uh, reparations, which is an ongoing battle to repair the damage that was done to our people during the uh, segregation, discrimination, and chattel slavery, where it was law held up by the court, by the church, and by the government to treat people less than human. And now that this can be proved that black people in America and throughout the diaspora, but here in America deserve reparations. So if you conceal the history, if you pretend that it did not take place, then that weakens the struggle and it weakens the uh, deliverance of repairing the damage. Uh, there's not even a money amount you can put on what black people went through, Repar the reparations movement is looking at land, is looking at free education for college, for descendants that can prove that their relatives have gone through those three time periods. And so I think this is where Mr. DeSantos is primarily focusing his efforts with a growing number of people around the country, because there are other states that have also instituted it to be illegal to teach black history to our future, uh, which is our children today. When you, you talk about um, black history uh, and our children, how can we introduce black history to our infants and small children in the home, not wait until they get into a public environment where the information will be skewed. Uh, what 
can you offer or what steps people in their homes with little children, what can they do right now to start shaping the mindset of their children? Uh, That's an outstanding, excellent question, Dr. Carroll. Black people in particular, we need to have black portraits in our homes of our heroes and our sheroes where children in the womb of mother haven't even been born. And when they're born, they grow up with positive images of people in the movement. And again, it's not all black people. There are some that we have to learn that helped our people in the Native American community, as mentioned, the abolitionists from the Caucasian community, but primarily to teach black history, you have to know it yourself. And this is why we don't pass on information because we grew up generations after generations without it being instilled and taught to us. So we looked at it as it's not important, but because of social media, uh, the onset of social media and the push during the 1960s for black history to be taught in higher learning uh, institutions, then this appetite has developed. But again, we have to do more reading ourselves. We don't want to just pass false information. Know what you're talking about. The more you read about Black history, the more you'll want to learn, especially Black people who today suffer in 2023 from a, from a color coordination. If, if you Black and dark, we still carry the burden of feeling inferior and not having the knowledge and the wisdom to understand that that dark, beautiful skin is full of melanin. So we have lighter skinned Blacks who subconsciously or consciously feel I have a bit of an advantage because I'm not as dark as you. This is current today. It's a residual carryover from uh, segregation and the and the other inferior teaching. It, it was it's really deeply rooted in our DNA, in the mind, and we're passing that on. So learn your history by reading, uh, by watching certain documentaries. Enjoy yourself. Play a Black History trivia with your children on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. <clears throat> Excuse me, please. If you're Black and your job says to you, well, I'm going to pay you extra. It's a federal holiday. And you choose the money over the principle that Dr. Martin Luther King took a bullet and the work that he did. You got a lot of more studying to do because you're literally not feeling the principle of having the first black person to with a federal holiday. It was signed in 1983 and it became law in 1986. And you'll find more black people, um, you know, not celebrating. They're growing, celebrating with the prayer breakfasts and all, 
but in your home. You can start Black history with your family that day, not all day. You know, you can start a Black history trivia. You can make it fun, exciting, and that creates appetites in the children to want to learn more once they hear more. And the adult that didn't know is learning as well. So it starts in the home. We shouldn't depend, as you said, to wait for the child to come out of the home to start learning their contributions as Black people in the world. Very well said. Um, Nia, now we know it's imperative that we get in touch with our roots. And so in order to get in touch with our roots, there's a certain place where every Black person needs to visit. Why then are Black people in particular not interested in visiting Mother Africa? You know what? You're outdoing yourself. Every time I think you ask the, the greatest question, then you come up and ask the greater, greater question. Deep in the psychic of Black people, when you grow up with Tarzan, like I did, I didn't know anything about Africa. But when I learned about Africa, it was Tarzan. And I saw my people scared, half naked, buck-eyed, fearful. And, and that was Africa. So this false perception prevails today because of the lack of knowledge, the lack of wisdom, the lack of understanding. And that's not the fault of racism, white supremacy. That is black people's fault by not going to the library, going to the internet and seeing, witnessing, learning the knowledge of what is taking place in mother Africa. It is the place to visit uh, because they are our roots. But if you don't have the appetite for a particular restaurant and you pass by that restaurant every day and people are telling you don't go to that restaurant. Their food is not good. They put all this negative information, for an example, about the restaurant. This is what has happened. So we're not passing to our children, passing to our nieces, nephews, our neighbors, our friends, ourselves, that I want to even visit Africa. When we see Africa on TV up until a couple years ago, there were flies on the faces of the children. They look like skeletons. Well, that doesn't create a desire to want to go there because it's poverty and it's, it's bitterness. They kill each other. Lies have consumed the belief system in Black people that visiting Africa is a waste of time and money when it couldn't be anything further than the truth. Go to Ghana. Go to Ghana. Indeed, I had the pleasure to go to Mother Africa and visit Benin, Africa, located uh, in the middle of Togo and Nigeria. And I'm just so grateful to Allah God that I was able to get into the uh the Atlantic Ocean 
on the other side of where we live here and to go to the place called the place of no return because the millions of Africans that were stolen were told nobody in your family is coming back. So Africa is a place every black person should at least visit one to 10 times because they are our roots. So to develop, to develop that appetite is to start reading because readers lead and leaders read. So if you're not reading and, and that type of thing, then you'll pass by that restaurant as a parable and, uh, and miss out on the greatest food you have ever eaten in your life. <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds great, Nia 2X. In addition to Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, Maya Angelou, James Baldwin, Baldwin and Muhammad Ali, Name some other great black living legends that are making contributions and ones we should keep an eye out for. We should literally tune into. Absolutely. Dr. E. Faye Williams, a living legend indeed. Right here in Washington, D.C., you can just look her up and her many accomplishments uh, here in uh, here in the, the country and the world. We also have, as many people know, the Honorable Reverend Dr. Al Sharpton, who is the modern day civil rights leader. He is continuing with the National Action Network, continuing the work that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. started and that movement is continuing today. A very, uh, another person that I love, respect, admire, and follow, uh, who has received the greatest propaganda of lies against him and his person is my minister, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who has just celebrated, along with the Nation of Islam, and uh, people across, brothers and sisters across the country, the 28th anniversary of the historic Million Man March called by the Honorable Minister Farrakhan, October 16, 1995, where black men were called for three reasons, to atonement to God first, reconciliation between your brothers, and responsibility as men. If you're not with your, your children's mother, you still have a responsibility to your children, responsibility to your community. Uh, also, uh, living and working today is so many. Hold up, mind. Uh, there, there's an author and a sister that is helping people understand the principle of love and the principle of choosing a, a, a mate or a husband or a wife that is going to keep marriage together. And that, of course, is you, Dr. D. Carroll. When I had the privilege to come to your book signing, I did not know what I learned about you when you came up to speak 
to we the people and the information you shared with the audience that is written in your current book. And please help me with the title. But that particular speech showed me this is a black history maker because people reading your book will make better choices in choosing a person you want to be with for the rest of your life because it teaches us to do homework. It gives us ideas and ideals to uh, work with before we make such a uh, very, very serious decision to marry someone for the rest of our lives. So I really admire you, Dr. D. Carroll. It's not your only book. Your first book that I read was also profound. And when you can lift up people with truth. See, that's how I find you, Dr. D. Carroll, one that tells the truth. And this will help any reader, not just black, but any reader. And when you read truth and apply it, we can read it if we're not applying it. We're just singing a song and going nowhere. But once we apply the principles that you have taught us in your writing, we're going toward a one human race uh, uh, with information like that. When near 2X, PFAM, you heard it here. On quitting is not an option. Thank you. Nia, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate your knowledge transfer on this all-important topic of Black history, and we thank you. Please, please tell the PFAM how they can find you. And thank you for the invite. Be encouraged to keep doing your work. We're going toward one peaceful life. Uh, and we can get it while we live. Didn't President Obama surprise? I know he surprised me. I didn't think I'd ever see it. So it's people like you. We keep moving. We can be found at www.blackonblackunity.com. That's www.triplew.com. You won't get us. So that's www.blackonblackunity.com. All are welcome. Thank you, Nia, once again. And PFAM, thank you for tuning in and taking steps to be a part of the importance of Black history. Additionally, taking steps to be in touch with We Are One. One world, one people, one goal with the understanding that love, respect, and honor is a must for human beings because of who they are. And we are human beings, not because of our color, race, or creed, and certainly not because of our party affiliation. Again, thank you for being here, PFAM. My special offering to you for further inspiration and empowerment is to tune in on my website for my online course. This course will support you as you take the steps to reinvent your past and revolutionize your future. Your commitment coupled with my success strategies will guide and support you on your journey 
to do so. My website is drdcarroll.com, D-R-D-E-E-C-A-R-R-O-L-L.com. And while you're there, you may want to do some empowerment coaching. You can engage me as your personal or group coach. And when you mention today's podcast, you will get 12% for you or your group. That's 12%. You can also get my books that Nia just mentioned, Emotional Emancipation, Step Into Your Freedom, Reinvent Your Challenges, and Move Beyond in support of overcoming whatever trial, tribulation, and or adversity you are facing. The other book, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places and Discovering the Importance of Self-Love First. You can't love anybody until you love you. There you will also find speaking. If you or your meeting planner would like to have me come out and do a speaking engagement, maybe for your annual retreat, your conference, your event, and or your monthly or quarterly meeting. That website again is drdcarroll.com. My email is drdcarroll at gmail.com. Again, D-R-D-E-E-C-A-R-R-O-L-L at gmail.com. Allow me to leave you with John 8, 31 and 32. If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Then I have 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. PFAM, Nia 2X, take care and be safe. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you found today's episode valuable and inspiring. Remember, you have the power to reinvent your past and revolutionize your future. If you want to continue on your journey towards emotional freedom and achieving your full potential, be sure to visit drdcarroll.com. That's D-R-D-E-E-C-A-R-R-O-L-L.com for more resources and information. Again, thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that quitting is not an option.